Kia ora. Welcome back to This Is Our Story. Welcome, Briar. Thank you for joining me once again. And thank you all of you out there in the wide world for joining us. Once again, congratulations for making it this far. <laughs> and congratulations to you, Briar, because you know what? I'm proud of us. <laughs> when you think, I mean, we haven't really talked about this so much so far, but the distance that we had in our brotherly sisterly re- relationship over the years and to get to the point where we are now <laughs> doing our <laughs> podcast together would have been it's, it's a big deal <laughs> it is a big deal in fact i don't think um you know when i mention it to people who have known us for a long time i don't think they really believe it <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> talking um, weekly wow <laughs> yeah well so uh, hopefully you've been following the story so far because if you haven't, it wouldn't really be making sense to kind of jump in, jump out of this as it is very chronological. We have uh, delved into the very early years. We kind of took it in chapters so that there was a, the first chapter was probably the years between one and ten uh, when we were growing up in Kaikohe in the far north of New Zealand. And then... The next uh, chapter, chapter two, was focusing more on the teenage years, which kind of put us more in that um, living on the farm stage and going to Christian school. And when we finished off, we were just about ready to finish school and then leave home. Well, at least I was anyway. So this this chapter will be focusing more on those years, those first couple of years as we as we left, branched out. And uh, in fact, this new chapter, chapter three, is entitled Branching Out, Getting Out into the Big Wide World, as much <laughs> as it could be in, in little New Zealand. But it was, yeah, it was an interesting time. But before we get into that, as per usual, we will start off with story time. I feel like I'd like to introduce some kind of ethereal music behind, in the background behind story time. <laughs> Um, but we're, we're going to be focusing on something which briefly we mentioned at the end of our last episode. Uh, very kind of important experience for both of us connected with school called convention. Um, pretty uh, pretty amazing when I think about it, but also very weird. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just briefly explain what convention was and then we'll kind of kind of dive into talking about some of our experiences. So as we have uh, very well covered um, in previous episodes, we were both at a a small Christian school, very small, uh, but we had our own academic system and our own curriculum and called ACE, Accelerated Christian Education from the States. Uh, And there were various various other schools around New Zealand who were uh, also using the same curriculum. And as well, there were a few bigger schools that also kind of did a little bit of little bit of ACE and a little bit of other stuff. They were called integrated schools. Uh, but uh, once a year, basically all of the schools, they organized a what was called convention, which was literally a convention of schools. And they would all come together and sounds very commune-like. <laughs> and very nerdy. <laughs> yeah. They would all come together and basically compete in different categories, uh, like sports and um, artistic uh, competitions. And, drama. Yeah, drama. Singing. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like a 
like another world. <laughs> it sounds, it's like, it was like, yeah, the Christian Olympics almost. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Dedicated to the arts in broad terms. It kind uh, of had yeah, like, that, like camp feels, you know, like school camp, but you yeah, kind of very, just, very camp feel. Yeah. It was exciting. And we would come together once a week, uh, not once a week, sorry, for one week, once a year, and then basically compete against each other in the spirit of friendship and Christian community. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, as weird as it sounds now to talk about it, it was pretty awesome at the time for us because we were from this little town and we got to meet people from all over New Zealand and uh, just kind of get an idea about what it was like. And we had to parts. travel quite a distance to go to this too, wasn't it? Like, yeah, I don't it was, know, like six hours or something. Yeah, around about. Yeah. As previously mentioned in the last podcast, it was the site of Parachute Festival. So it was, not, it was, a, it was actually a Christian campsite, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I don't have a huge amount of specific memories from that time, but uh, it was a pretty big deal in our school calendar, and we would spend a lot of time preparing for it. I mean, what are your memories of – because I, I, from Brian, what I, what, what I remember from my – time is the stress of preparing for convention yeah it was and I think we had to pick at least one thing from each category maybe or there was like a certain amount of events that you had to enter to to be able to go I think and I can't remember how many it was but there was like I remember preparing doing some art and I've never been good at art but I think it was one of those things that I was like oh yeah sweet that'll be easy I'll just enter in a picture and I'm not going to get any prizes but it'll get me there and I remember my art teacher being really hard on me, like, do you think that's going to win anything at convention? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, what are you trying to the say? Art, the art in particular <laughs> I found terribly stressful because I am miles away from any – Well, I've got no gifting in that I area I used um, pastels and did a sunset picture. I remember vividly exactly what it looked like, and it was, yeah, it was pretty basic, but – I was like, I'm going to convention. <laughs> well, because we, we if we didn't enter stuff, we weren't allowed to go. Yeah. So I – because, like, some who are better in sport, right, they would just do a few paltry pieces of art. I remember, we'd yeah, we'd choose these categories, but obviously we were all stronger in certain things, and then we'd mm. just do kind of – I remember doing a dr- dramatic reading. So you had to read um, to a group <laughs> the, of yeah, people and the judges. Yeah, the categories were massive. Yeah. There were so many different things you could do. But that there was, was another like monologues and dialogues, yeah. famous speeches, loads of stuff. But those were the ones that you think, oh, yep, that's easy. That's just reading in front of people. Tick. Like, that's another category sorted. Yeah, um, but I think there was, a, there was a minimum of things you had to do. Yeah, there was. Uh, but that's what I mean. You had to, to, like, you know, for instance, you know, you were really sporty. You would choose all the sporty events, but then you had to find some other ones to to join in um and you know the schedule throughout the week was quite quite tight too so say at 10 you had dramatic reading at 10 30 you had your choir singing and then 11 might be volleyball kind of thing so it was was a pretty full-on schedule and we'd have like a bit of free time so it was yeah it was very camp-ish um but we we all had to go in school uniform of course and Mm. we're just wandering around trying not to get uniforms dirty (laughs) (laughs) but really wanting to go out and do some crazy shit because you're with all these people that we would see maybe once a year and because people were at school and you'd see the same people every year and you'd mm. kind of have these kind friendships. of de facto friendships. I think I remember staying in contact with these people that I met throughout the year. 
Uh, I like, definitely There was did. like sending you letters and stuff. I definitely did. I went to, uh, I made really good friends with some people from another school and I ended up going to visit them in Palmerston North and staying with them over the school holidays. So yeah, I, I do remember. Um, good friends. <laughs> oh, I'll come back to that. But there was a, because it was a Christian camp, you know, there was, there was services like church services and kind of mini church services or devotional type things that were, would happen every day. You'd get up early and then you'd all have your breakfast together with the shitty cold toast and baked beans and spaghetti mm. and god it's awful but it's all part of the um <laughs> the camp experience i i actually really loved the meal times like that gathering and it was like oh who are we gonna sit next to yeah. and this is probably where like all my major crushes kind of started at that oh, age. Yeah, I had one of those you know when you're sort of 14 15 <laughs> and you you're meeting all these other young people <clears throat> and you feel ugly as fucking your uniform but you're like do your hair up and <laughs> well, you're, you're all ugly together because there yeah. was some terrible uniforms there. <laughs> <laughs> but then like you know you take your friend you'd be like where are we gonna sit today like let's sit opposite that school because they've got hot guys or <laughs> so I loved those meal times because it meant we could all be together so you could sort of scan the room <laughs> there were also some very interesting characters I don't know if you remember much about the the ones the homeschooling crowd yes but they were also very good at everything like so their sport good. and their quiet and like no, they were the ones i don't remember beat. them being so good at sport but they're all good at the really artistic stuff <laughs> <laughs> like because oh. i was i was the guy who was good at sport the running running and shot put and stuff except yeah. for there was a one year that you beat me and i yes. could not cope with that <laughs> you beat me at shot put <laughs> yes i did i had i had a strong arm remember very strong <laughs> <laughs> i got my practice in on your arm <laughs> yeah yeah lots of hammering no I remember so I yeah I had a so there was this one one of the later years when I was one of the few older students I had a crush on a girl who was also a similar age and who was also very good at everything (laughs) (laughs) annoyingly so I don't remember her name but I remember I went and visited her and her family this is maybe like the maybe this was the first year of uni actually we stayed kind of in contact. We we must have written letters or something. Jesus, I don't know. I just remember that then. Back in the day, <laughs> um, I I remember. I think she maybe sent me a letter. Anyway, I went and visited her family, and then I went with her, her and her family to their church, and they were kind of very strict in a strict Southern Baptist church, and that was a very interesting experience and explained a lot about their family because <laughs> mm. they were kind of very uh traditional all women had long hair wore long skirts um very you know very prim and proper in the way they conducted themselves very respectful and i just remember the pastor yelling at children in the in the during the service because they were they were talking or being too noisy or something and he yelled at them from the pulpit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was was all very strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any other specific memories of convention. Oh um, yes, you know what? Sorry, I know you told me that I butt in, <laughs> and I just can't stop myself. <laughs> no, I have a very specific memory because I went back as a volunteer. Do you remember that? Oh uh, yes, when you'd finished school. When I finished, yeah, God, I, this is how connected I was. How much, how much I must have loved it. I didn't want to move on, and I went back as a. <laughs> kind of a first year uni student I think it was first semester Mm. 
yeah, went back as a well. as a volunteer and it was so weird being there as not even a real adult <laughs> but kind of <laughs> half adult half child and not really fitting in with all the teachers and stuff it was very odd <clears throat> but I remember taking it very seriously and I, I remember I gave a talk because I used to enter all the singing competitions and convention and usually did relatively well but there was one I was giving a talk to everyone and I didn't really know what to say they just wanted me to talk in like okay this is an example of a young man who's gone through Christian education and is now doing really well at university and we want you to <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> basically encourage all these young people I'm like Jesus, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so I got it there, and I didn't really know what to say, so I just ended up singing a song. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I've just got, I've just done this, prepared this song, and I'll sing this, and just as an example of how convention has helped prepare me for being really comfortable, <laughs> which is like, how weird is that? I'm singing because I'm not comfortable to speak, but don't yeah. worry, conventions made me comfortable <laughs> enough to sing in front of people. <laughs> Great life skill. <laughs> yeah, very practical. If you're gonna just wander insane. around just bursting into song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember because um, there was girls' dormitories and boys' dormitories, and um, we used to – oh, that's right, because I made close friends with some girls from another school, and we used to sit out in sort of the centre court area and um, sing songs together, and they were amazing singers. and felt really connected to them. But I also, I'm pretty sure I remember wetting the bed there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember that. <laughs> and being absolutely humiliated. Oh, my God. Must have been the nerves. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was such a um, fantastic part of our, our year at school because school was pretty shitty, to be honest. <laughs> we didn't have much going for our school. So this yeah, was kind of Yeah, it was really cool, boring so. at school. So this was yeah. – definitely a highlight people and yeah, yeah it was, was also the time like because when we do our rep, our preparation the months beforehand mm. um is also a good opportunity to kind of hone your skills in certain areas so i was we talked about writing stories a little while ago and that was definitely something that i every year i would enter a story and it's mm. also when uh we mentioned your friends who was also into writing stories we would compare stories and mm. remember her being very good and me being just having really great ideas, but just being really average at writing them down. Um, but yeah, so we used to get these ribbons for the different yeah. categories and, you know, you'd come away with all your ribbons and, and me being the perfectionist, it would bother me for the longest time um, <laughs> about how many ribbons I did and didn't get. Um, I usually had a lot of ribbons in the musical category I used and to do. I did solos. Well, I was in the did. solo category, um, which was normally not many people were brave enough to do solo. So that, I guess that was a considering where I went with music throughout my life. I think this is obviously very important that I went through this particular thing. Yeah, it was. I, if I think about it, this kind of push to get better at these artistic type things was probably well, quite instrumental in in. That's probably where your creative side sort of really yeah, was able sure. to Yeah, for sure. I mean, you generally you're creative or not, right? But it's all about how you hone those skills. And, and this was an opportunity for sure to do that. Mm. And I remember like at the end of the week, we'd all be like devastated that we had to say goodbye to our friends that we only got to see once a year. And yeah. we'd go around getting them to sign this book or like, you know, different people from different schools, like sign here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Um, and I, I guess like we nowadays people travel around all the time and we don't really consider the fact that it just wasn't that normal back then or at least for us because we, we were so far away from the rest of New Zealand we just didn't people when you're up there you just don't really travel that much because it's such a logistical it's, and it's so mission. isolated up there isn't it I yeah just, and in the far north like I guess for people who don't know New Zealand's in order to really get any good flights you've got to travel at least three hours to get to Auckland to get a flight to go anywhere so you just we just didn't really not much domestic travel at all um funny that we're talking about convention because in front of me I have one of my pictures oh my I, <laughs> it says on the back that I was age 17 and it was my character trait picture and I got runner-up and it was a picture of my cat Molly that I used to have oh, yeah. playing in the grass and I've actually got one of yours here too. It was that's, a, um, that's, how do you have this shit? Seriously, I don't know. It's just appeared. Um, um, your yeah, I used to do a lot of you photography. Were 14. You were fourteen. Okay. Oh wow! What was the, it? The photos come off, but I know it was a picture oh. of our great grandma, which I've got somewhere. Oh but I yes, can't, I can't remember that. Yes. But I remember we used to um, spend ages going. We had one of those little, not a fancy camera, just a wind up. Mm. Which, uh, you know, those real old school cameras where you'd have to wind it and then yep. flick it. So we would go around, like, trying to take pictures of people or, like, our the horses or the cats or whatever mm. we had at the time. Yeah, I, I kind of – I actually had a real love of photography even back then, and I wish I'd invested a bit more because I had – I, I wouldn't say I was, a, actually. like, an amazing photographer, but I, I guess I, at that time I had a kind of a, a natural eye for seeing things that might look good – as a as a photo and I did get some good photos and um yeah I kind of I think I missed out a little bit I could have um pursued that a bit more and I still love photography now yeah that was some of mm. the good times, like, it good kinda, times. It's, actually it's kind of a, the perfect way to kind of get into the next chapter because this was a very kind of late teenage years experience and from at least for me it did merge into a lot of my early years after leaving or early first year after leaving home and I guess probably at this point I'll just explain that we're we're kind of going to construct this particular chapter over maybe two or three episodes and for this first one we'll just focus on my particular story like as I've mentioned before this is where Briar and I kind of diverged in paths because as I left home we didn't really stay in contact that much and I don't know a lot of the things that happened to her when she left home or when well, basically after I left home, I don't, we didn't really have much to do with each other. So I guess we'll, we'll take it in, in turns and we'll kind of interview each other over different episodes. But I guess in terms of leaving home, it was a bit of a drama, not a drama, but I was really excited to leave home and I, I had always been really independent and, was just always itching to kind of get out into the world, even though I had I had a concept of what it was like to be somewhere else, but having not really been anywhere else, um, I didn't know what to expect. But all I know is that as soon as I could start thinking about the idea of leaving home, I was like, shit, I am out of here. <laughs> and the great thing about the ACE system is that you could, <laughs> the, the probably the only thing that I, that I am appreciative of is the fact that you could go at literally at your own pace. And so I breezed through this system of books and tests and stuff because I was good at reading and I was good at remembering stuff. 
And it just meant that I could finish school earlier than, say, people of my own age and stage. So I finished at 17, uh, finished with very good scores, actually, but meaningless now. But I got like a, I think it was about 98% in chemistry or something, like something crazy. If you asked me anything about chemistry, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> Um, but because it was all through books and nothing practical, but yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty academic minded and I was really excited about leaving and and going to university, but actually the process of choosing where to go was a bit stressful for me because I, I don't remember if we touched on this already, but I was, I really wanted to be a pilot and I started, had started doing flying lessons when I was uh, about 11, I think I started and over a few years, was really, really focused on becoming a pilot. And then my, I kind of had a, an eye condition that uh, basically made it impossible for me to ever have good enough vision to um, ever become a commercial pilot. Maybe a, maybe a private pilot solo, like just for my own fun or whatever, but it would never be a career. And that was really, really gutting. And I didn't had no idea what I was going to do when I left school after that point. And then I had a friend who ended up going to teachers college um, who had gone to our school. This is a member of the close family friends. And uh, so she went off to this teachers college and came back and actually started teaching at the school while I was there. And she kind of encouraged me to give it some thought and basically knee-jerk reaction I was like okay I'll just be a teacher then <laughs> yeah because where no did idea. they even yeah come from because I don't ever remember that being something yeah that... I, I, even now I don't really understand the decision except the, for the fact that I just needed something and I probably was quite impressionable at that time um, and would have almost taken anybody's ideas mm. I knew that I was not like good with my hands like nothing like I wouldn't become a builder or or, a or anything like that a trade I was always academic so it had to be something in that in that ilk um I knew I was really interested in history so I think perhaps in the long run I thought might become a history teacher in the end or become an academic in the long term but really it was probably more about just jumping on this just go to uni I I knew I wanted to go to uni I wanted to get out and, and I chose the first thing that presented itself and then there's also the fact that the university that I chose slash mom and dad chose um, was a Christian university, and that was in Tauranga. And Tauranga, I suppose, it's not really that far away from home. Um, well, it was six hours to get there. It's six hours, yeah. Uh, I think eight and a different to ten world hours away from you know what we our norm was up in Kitty Kitty. Yep, and. Uh, for, from our point of view, a big city, it's not even really a city, to be honest. Even all these years later, it's, it still hasn't massively grown in size. But so, yeah, I went, went, went down to Tauranga to, well, chose it first. Didn't have to do any kind of entrance exam or anything, which was also a, a draw card. Sur- surprisingly, like considering the AC system we did, that was pretty basic, really, that we were able to still apply for unis because – yeah, well, it was accredited like, by by Department of Education. I know, so. but that blows my mind because we didn't do exams, we didn't have to yep. like study, so to speak, or so to go from our curriculum into uni. That's such a big jump. I'm surprised that we were able yeah. to. Well, I had no concept yet of how 
uh, disadvantaged I was in that respect. Um, that would become clear very quickly, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. But I remember we went down, I think we all went down as a family. Yeah. We did, yeah. yeah, we all went down together and I mean, it's a bit weird thinking about it now, <laughs> but um, the, one of the first priorities was finding a church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes me eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> so mum and dad had, had already done some or heard about a church or something um i don't i don't know how this happened but it was an assemblies of god church so i, I think that's probably what took them there and we went and visited and they i remember they talked to the pastors oh, um and I was, oh my god it's cringy now i've it's quite emasculating i don't know if it felt that way at the time but it does now mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the fact that they introduced me to the pastors and told them, you know, what I was doing. It's kind of patronising in a way, like, this is our little son. He's just left home. Can you look after him, please? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I do wonder what people would have thought of that. Um, but at that that first weekend, they um, met a family and who conveniently had a room available. Um, and so we all got to go and visit this house and then – basically organize a place for me to stay so I'd be boarding with them and their family. Yeah, I don't I don't remember specifically what, you know, all of those um or what happened in that time. But I just remember doing that and yeah, it's so weird looking back. When you <laughs> it it's like I was a child really because they were they were just basically well, checking up to see if yeah. the place was okay and safe for me and <laughs> Yeah, it was all a bit weird. Yeah, it was a bit weird. And they wanted to, I guess, meet the family to to make sure that they were going to look after you too. Again, it was like yeah. Yeah. they like were setting, a family away from family. That's what yeah, I mean. like setting you up to be babysitted, even though you'd left home and you were, yep. you know, essentially an adult. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I just think back about how ill-prepared I was for being on my own. Even just so, life I mean, experience. It, it, there was none. Yeah, so maybe I did kind of need to be babysat a little. I don't know. I I, I can't because I haven't had it a different way. So mm. maybe I would have, if I'd been on my own like many first-year students are, maybe I, I guess probably would have just figured it out. Uh, yeah. Struggled, but figured it out. Um. Anyway, so when it eventually came to move down to Tauranga, I remember going to um to orientation and – um. First, the first time where I'd meet all my fellow students, and I guess it's the same way for all young first year uni students. It's just a bit weird because it's you're all kind of like half young and half at school school age, and then you're all mm. excited and you're. I don't. It was funny, and and actually that was that was the time where I would meet my future partner. <laughs> actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. An odd experience, which I will probably will talk about in more detail in, in further episodes. But yeah, that was quite an important moment for me in many in many ways. But yeah, it was uh, it was really kind of interesting joining this university. Or I had no idea what university should be like, so I didn't know what to expect. But really, this Christian university was not really a university. It was more of an educational institute mm. um it was very very christian not beat you over the head kind of christian but you know there were prayer meetings and worship things that not everybody was forced to go to but because most of the people who attended were christian it was just natural that 
they were just expected to join in. <laughs> Did you go to those <clears throat> sorts of things or were you like, nah? Yeah, I was like, well, the thing <laughs> is I was so keen to impress people because I really wanted to make friends. And for the first time ever or in years, I was with a bunch of people who were the same age and stage. Um, I was a little bit younger than a lot of them starting at 17, but I was kind of excited and it was weird. Like I think I've touched on previously about wanting to kind of fit in and doing, I don't know, the way that I acted was very, I was very concerned about getting attention and sometimes that was negative attention and I didn't know how to interact with people. <laughs> so I would try and be a clown a lot of the time and um, I would just say stupid shit or I just, I had this really cringy, annoying thing <laughs> that I, like I'd run up behind people and like give them like a jab in the ribs or something like that kind of stupid, annoying dickhead stuff. thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I thought it would be funny and, try and i don't know lighten the lighten the mood and really just people got really pissed off <laughs> <laughs> so i just didn't know how to kind of navigate social circles in a way that was normal <laughs> or not i mean i don't like to use that word normal but just in a way that didn't make feel other people feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> but yeah first year was it was funny because being a christian kind of thing there was a big focus on community type activities we would often have these kind of sharing times where we would talk about experiences in our lives and it was all like very feely <laughs> emotion emotional stuff and i just remember a lot of um, people getting very emotional talking about their past and things and which i thought was weird because I, I was not really into that and you probably at the time didn't think you really had anything valid to talk about in terms no, of, you know, no. emotionally. You're like, hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, I, I still remember the kind of first couple of years, well, at least the first year quite fondly because it was, you're like, you're a man, I'm a man, I was a man child. <laughs> and <laughs> as is very common with, with guys for, for, for many years, even in the, up into their mid-20s, you know, they just have, aren't mature. And I know, looking back, that I thought I was mature, but there were so many things about me that were just really immature. Uh, and I didn't know how to just figure out social circles and stuff. And it was also a time... experience, though, wasn't it? You oh, know, absolutely. so sheltered. Absolutely. And and when I was in, in Kitty Kitty back home, I pretty quiet and introverted most of the time and that was just I was just a bit nervous I had very low confidence and I did feel that when I went to uni as well everyone seemed so confident with themselves and and interacting with each other and that's probably because they all went to big schools and you know learned how to to navigate a big crowd but I hadn't and do you uh, think that a lot of the people that went there were from the area so they might have you know been familiar with it and maybe well, other people. And... There were definitely locals there for sure. Um, but there were other people from other parts of the country too. Yeah, no, for sure. They were from all over New Zealand. Uh, it was like this um, Bethlehem Tertiary Institute, as it's called now, does have a good reputation um, for teacher education. It's probably, is it the only Christian college in New Zealand? I think, like yeah, I think college? so, still. Mm. And they, they focused... 
because I mean they had a good reputation because they focused on education. Um, with at the time they also added in a counselling degree as well. And so as you can imagine, when you compare that to say a big university, although there's more money in a university, all I know is that there was a bit of competition. Uh, the way that we talked about the the kind of I think it was Waikato University would be the other major institution. People talked about, well, at least we talked about it, um, our, our university has been quite good. You know, universities are always very concerned about their reputation, so of course mm. they would talk about that. Uh, uh, one other thing I guess I remember from my first semester, uh, first and second semester, was just having crushes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to get out in the real world. Because, <laughs> like, I'm out in the world and then all of a sudden I, I don't have – mum and dad to say whether something is okay or not and uh, who I should be hanging out with and but I just didn't I mean I had no idea no idea what to do with those crushes and as I said just before about negative attention I didn't know how to get positive attention and in the end I'd be like trying to have these get into these kind of brother sisterly relationships (laughs) which as you can imagine I don't know, you just get thrown in the friend zone and <laughs> because the it's the only kind of relationship that I knew mm. how to All create well. with someone of the opposite sex and I just didn't know how to take it any further even though I wanted it to by the time I was brave enough to even think about broaching the idea of being something other than brother and sister <laughs> then it was too late you know I was already firmly planted in the friend zone <laughs> In fact, late okay, later on it just reminded me that so one one girl that this is after I was already dating someone, she found out that I'd had a had a crush on her earlier and she's like, Oh, this is like incest. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. Nice you punch me, why don't you? <laughs> And I remember actually, because I was still living at home at the time, like every six weeks, I think it was, we used to come down and visit and stay for the weekend. And it was a big six hour drive and we're all excited to come down and we would meet your friends and, and go to your church. And and I think that's where we first met your, well, your to-be partner, which we didn't know at the time. Well, and at the same time, you also met one of my crushes, I think. I actually, I remember you came for my birthday. You came for my birthday, and we had it was at Pizza Hut. Oh my god, so sad. Oh my Do you god, remember this Pizza Hut? Yeah, the Pizza Hut restaurants when they had those, and oh my god, it was so sad because I didn't. I think I invited a bunch of people, and it was just my future partner at the time who. I don't think I could. I think she was the one person I could guarantee would turn up because yes. I knew she was crushing on me at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then people I was Basically crushing on didn't show up for some reason. Um, and then another, the, my other friend that I'd made, um, he was just unreliable. And so it was just a very small gathering of family and <laughs> and your future wife, <laughs> someone who crushed on me, who I didn't want to return the crush. <laughs> Yeah, a bit cringy. Oh, my God, Pizza Hut. So lame. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like an 11-year-old's party. Yay, Pizza Hut. (laughs) Yeah, I just was missing the hat and candles. (laughs) Where you get unlimited amounts of food and you go crazy (laughs) (laughs) with the ice cream machine. Mm. Uh, 
Um, I, I guess the other the big part of my life at this at the time that was happening concurrently with first time at uni was joining this big church that would actually turn into becoming quite a, um, a pivotal time in terms of growing in, in church and mm. kind of growing in quote unquote the faith and kind of experiencing big church life and so when I joined this Assemblies of God church it was really exciting because it was uh, I think at that time maybe about 500 ish people and they're all uh, quite young weren't they you know young vibrant yeah excitable, big, big push people. on on the youth <clears throat> and investing in youth and it was it was really exciting to be a part of a church that did exciting activities and had stuff that was purposely designed to for the youth to have a good time. Mm. And uh, we we had met some of these people before when they'd come around and visited the church, uh, our home church. Um, and so that, I think that was probably one of the reasons why I had chosen to attend this church. But yeah, it was like the music was great and and the people seemed really nice and friendly. But uh, they, I feel like that church from memory had, they were kind of like your your poster church. You know, they were all oh, yeah, like, young, good-looking people, yeah. um, which made you want to be a part of it because it was, yeah, they were all yeah. sexy young people. It was fun. You know, the music was good. It was vibing. And as a young, totally, that, that was like, totally their appeal, and they really, uh, uh, they really were kind of pulling people in because of that, especially young people. And it's it's no surprise that I was just an, and th- and this is they they aspirational. Okay, so they were an aspirational church. They were trying to grow, not necessarily purely for the sake of growing, but they were aspiring to be a, a large church that had a large impact. And they had very close links with Hillsong in Australia, and that was very much their model of how they did church. So it was, we sang a lot of Hillsong music, which, for those who don't know, Hillsong, um, at least back then, was very um, influential in the church world, and they had a big pull on on young people, especially. And it was all about having music that um, that was exciting and kind of closer to. Um, more um, secular styles yeah. of music, but relatable, maybe you know, the yeah, more, more relatable to young a younger, a younger to. crowd. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, music had been quite stilted and boring. Let's be honest, and there hadn't really been um, any growth in Christian music probably for about ten years in terms of anything exciting. And so, we're in those in the early two thousands. That was when things started to get really exciting in terms of church life and so yeah i was pulled into that and it was it was amazing that the the, every week i would get really excited about going to church and and then hanging out with the young people and i I made some friends there pretty quickly it was interesting looking back the people that i ended up making friends with because they weren't necessarily the the people who were in in the at least initially in this the quote-unquote cool crowd Mm. uh, because i was not confident i was not I was not cool. <laughs> I was so far from cool in that first year. <laughs> like the clothes I wore, the the way that I presented myself, massive lack lack of confidence, um, just a little bit awkward, not just like in a crowd because I was, but also just the way that I literally looked was awkward. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
so I didn't I definitely couldn't fit in with all those those good looking cool people uh, so I, I anyway ended up with this other crowd who are probably the same as me a little bit awkward and great people amazing people and I'm so grateful for the fact that they they pulled me in but yeah just we were all kind of on the on the fridge and, and I think over the years at this particular church it became apparent that there was very much a difference between the cool crowd and the not cool crowds mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that we can get into in another time but uh, it is very much a feature of these kind of big aspirational churches that there are there is definitely a separation between the cool and the uncool, the in crowds yeah. and the outs. Um, uh, but that that's that's a quite a complex conversation to get into. But anyway, I had a great time and I, I got involved in uh, being a youth leader for the first time uh, for intermediate youth, and that was amazing because it was all games and big production value trying to. Doing like for a really good cause, like working with at-risk youth, and just a lot of fun, such a lot of fun doing these amazing games in the church, and kind of at, so I'm doing this. I've got these two different parallel lives going on where I, I'm in this church community trying to kind of get involved with things. I got involved in music pretty quickly, and then at, at uni was kind of struggling. I was really struggling at uni, uh, and this is where. I guess I can talk about the disadvantage of our school system. I had no fucking idea how to do anything, mm. <laughs> like anything. I, I got my first essay assignment. I was like, so what my uni was, the this it was quite small for a university, but what was really great about it is that we had really close relationships with the lecturers because the class sizes were quite small and they worked quite closely with us especially in that first semester, to try and help us figure out how to do all these assignments and things. And I remember taking a first draft and getting it sent back because it was just so bad. Like, I had no idea how to write. And that's, and that's what I mean, how the the ACE system just didn't prepare us for uni at all. So I'm surprised yeah. that it was accredited and that you could go from the our system to – because it didn't give you the confidence to do things like – you know, the essays and... Yeah. I mean, to give you some sense of how big the difference was at, at school, I think I wrote one essay. One essay and I did one speech, which I never gave. It got cancelled for some reason. Yeah, and one essay, which didn't really get um, graded as an essay. It was just like, I don't know, I can't even remember what it was about. But uh, I was, I couldn't have been more unprepared and... Whilst everybody struggles with assignments in first year of uni, most people have had some practice writing because that's mm. what you do at school. You sort of, they prepare you for university. Mm. Nothing, nada. And um, I, being the perfectionist that I was, really, really struggled to. I got quite depressed and, like, first semester exams, walked out, didn't even finish. Because I was so overwhelmed by the pressure of having to perform at something that I'd like, I'd always been bad under pressure, but then also under pressure to write something when I didn't know how to write. Mm. Like, it was awful. <laughs> and as we've discussed before in the ATE system, it's kind of all self taught. So you read the thing on the left hand side of your page and it explains, like in English specifically, yeah. how to say, write a professional letter. Or I do remember myself doing some essays, but they wouldn't be what 
people who went to maybe a public school would have considered an essay. It might have been like, you know, so long, but not mm. something that you'd stand up in front of a class and have to read. Like mm. it was like just writing a, a letter to someone, like a page long. It definitely yeah. wasn't an essay on a focused topic like you'd yeah. get it at uni. Yeah. Yeah. So I failed my first subject. Um, it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was something like, it was a really in-depth subject on um, psychology, I think, it's like you, you, maybe youth psychology or something like that. And whilst I found it really interesting, I just didn't know how to communicate or disseminate any of the ideas that were presented and failed big time. <laughs> well, I mean, how, how could you pass when you walk out of the exams? Um, and I don't remember what happened, but I, I definitely had to redo it. Second semester was better than the first because like people worked, helped me. I remember a lot of last minute rush for quite a few of my subjects where in my friends that I'd made had, you know, gather around and help me send in these assignments last minute. And I think people, a lot of people felt sorry for me. <laughs> I, I do remember at this time because <clears throat> mum and dad were I think quite concerned about you so I know we did extra trips down to come and support or offer moral support um yeah which I, which, I don't think I really appreciated at the time and neither of I our wanted. parents it's not like either of our parents were academic so to speak so they weren't actually able to help I think they just thought because you were so down about it that you know would come down and I don't know I'm not sure what they thought yeah um, how that was going to go well I think I guess the one thing that we can appreciate about mum and dad is that they are very much um, they do want to do something mm. and 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 for them it's because what would help for them is just someone being there right and yeah I'm very different from that I didn't need someone to be there I needed mm. real practical tools <laughs> yeah and it wasn't until I learned those practical tools through hard work and the help of other people who were actually in the same situation that I was actually able to get anywhere. Um, but when, you know, I'd left home as fast as I could to get away from <laughs> this kind of overwhelming presence, you know, that feeling of being watched and mm. tightly held on to and to have a reminder of the constant reminder of that and them coming down. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is that, a lot of my uni friends had help from home, like financial help and stuff. I, I did not. And I'm interested to hear what this would be like for you when, you when we come around to talking about your story. But for me, I struggled in this first year financially because mum and dad didn't want to give me any money. Or I don't know what they're – I don't know. They didn't really explain to me why they came to that decision i didn't think about it at the time because i didn't mm. know what it would have been you, like you but a lot of other people had support financial support from home and basically i'm still feeling the pain of this now because what happened in that first year is that so i had a student loan and then because i had no money coming in i also took on extra student debt so there was a you could get a weekly allowance, allowance. yeah a weekly allowance, at, well, it's not an allowance, it's a, a lot part of the loan. And then on top of that, you, once a semester, you could get course-related costs as well. And I would take that. And because I was first time out of home, I I didn't know anything about being responsible with money. Yeah, you just spend it, eh? I, I, didn't, I don't think I was a big spender, but because it wasn't a lot of money, 
I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't know how to save money. I just had never been in that situation before. So basically I was just spending money that wasn't mine. Another thing, we didn't get any practical experience about any of that stuff, you know, yeah, before so, leaving home. Because mum and dad, had, they did give us a bit of an allowance when we were at, when we were at home, but um, it, much, it, though. it wasn't much, yeah. So basically in that whole first year, I was just landing myself a massive amount of debt and I wasn't really aware of it until much later on. I'm still paying off that loan. So my set my second student experience, which was much is much further in the future, I learned a lot of lessons from this first time around and did my second student experience a lot better than this one. Got it all paid off and stuff, but now I'm still paying off this loan. Um because Anna got so over the three, four years I was there, it got really big. Really big. So yeah, really, really unprepared for my first year away from home. And uh, I had a, a lot of a lot of lows, if I'm honest, a lot of lows because I was really I was really lonely in that first year. I did make some friends, but at the same time, because a lot of those people had they were from Tauranga, um, there weren't I didn't know many people who came from other parts of the country, and so I don't think anyone really fully understood what it was like to be somewhere completely new. And mm. yeah, it was a real struggle of figuring out my identity, figuring out a new city, figuring out a new way of life, new church, new university, new systems, new processes, new, everything was new. And um, there was a, you know, there was a time where I was asked to leave that first house that I had gone and visited with mum and dad and you, because I just didn't fit in there. I didn't know how to process living with these people. And they uh, probably vice versa. They didn't know how to process having me in their space as well because didn't they have was it three kids yeah like, so the, like teenage kids and weren't they yeah one of them was just really annoying and he would do it he would yeah he bullied he was you. a bit of a dick <laughs> he would do it he would actually purposely try and piss me off because he thought it was a game but i did not obviously think it was a game and then and, i remember embarrassingly mum and dad coming down again to the rescue yeah to speak to the parents you yeah. know about the bullying situation but it just didn't work out yeah anyway i mean i'm glad i actually got on much on with them much better later on but in that first year it was just it was really weird so i left them and ended up at a different house with a, an, a young family a couple and their two young kids and that was that was really nice it was also a boarding situation i was a bit of a, in a weird stage then though because i was feeling quite down i'd spent a lot of time in my room or on the computer late at night um, <laughs> when I first discovered porn, <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, interesting. Well, it was probably your first, um, you know, because we didn't have internet at home no. either. So that was probably the first oh, time you like. And Ooh, what's had no this? idea how to cover Ooh. my track. So there was. <laughs> I ended up getting. Um, they didn't you ask didn't me to leave, history. but it was a situation that came to an end, perhaps prematurely, and <laughs> that may, maybe that had something to do with it. Who knows? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> yeah, uh, because from there I moved into a flat with some of the friends that I'd made at church. That that was great. And this is probably when things started to really improve is when I started flatting. And that was when I started to really. You probably didn't feel like you're being watched all the time, too, by these babysitters. You could actually be free and relax a bit. Yeah, I started to feel like an actual adult and I was trying to kind of like starting to relax into being the person that I wanted to be 
still very impressionable, still really inexperienced, but at least I had, you know, my own room and my own kind of life. I couldn't drive at that stage. In fact, I didn't learn to drive until I was... Did you not uh, have your license? No. Oh, I had my learner's license, but I never drove. I didn't start driving until I was about 20, I think. Really? Oh. Yeah, so the first couple of years in Tauranga, I didn't drive. I got driven everywhere, which really impacted my <laughs> independence, as you can imagine. <laughs> and probably your friends are just like, oh, I have to go pick up Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I hated putting people out, but um, I just ended up being around the same people all the time because I knew they could take me places. Uh, but, yeah, severely changed my experience when I finally learned how to drive. But, yeah, so flatting was was a lot of fun, and then I moved from one flat into another one. A couple of guys so that who, who weren't church people, so that this was also, like, even further down the path of independence, learning how to, to live a life with people who weren't really into church or church life. I, I would say that I was not – I was had, had Christianity and religion and, and a moral code so ingrained in me that I didn't feel the pull to go anywhere else. Um, so I didn't go into any kind of rebellious stage or anything. But it was just nice to go somewhere where I didn't – I don't know. I didn't, probably didn't think about it so much at the time, but there was no real pressure. I didn't feel like I needed to take them to church or anything. It was just – it was just fun. I had I had some good times in that flat. It was awful. The flat I was in was horrible. <laughs> it was in kind of like a surrounded by trees, so it was really cold and damp and bloody awful. There was mold and all sorts of shit. And but I had a I had a drum kit set up there, and um, and these two guys I studied with, they were in my class, and so we we used to hang out all the time and play music together. One of the guys would play play guitar because I had a guitar there as well, and one of the guys, he would go out and have big nights and come back, you know, hung over in the morning and we'd have great fun trying to wake him up early in the morning for class. And yeah, it was, and, it and was, again, your first exposure to that kind of thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know about these things growing up, but you don't actually see them in, in real life when when you're in such an Probably isolated had community. Never, had never seen a drunk person before. No, no. But um, I don't remember. Maybe I, I, I definitely would have seen him drunk. I just didn't think about it much at the time. But yeah, flatting, that first year of flatting was was a really good experience for me and I had a lot of fun. And it was weird, like, going back to, you know, mum and dad coming down to visit. They were obviously empty nesting. They, they really wanted to hold on to those connections. But I didn't really feel any connection to home. And in that first year, I think I maybe visited twice, went home twice, and... It was really strange, a very strange feeling. To It was like being there but not being there, being a stranger. Everyone seeing me exactly the way as I had been when I left. And then – But nothing else has changed there. <laughs> yeah, and it's a small town. Things don't really change much in small towns, especially the people. And mm. when I went back and visited the church, I just felt like – I was a bit of a I was probably a bit of a, a dick to be honest because I, I just thought I was too good for it and and it was like going back in time to you know now I was the educated guy and you know that I was now that I left town why would I ever want to go back mm. <laughs> yeah yeah was, I, I definitely have memories of you not really wanting to be there um you know when mum and dad were like are you going to come home for Christmas and you're sort of like eh 
you know, you'd yeah. rather spend it with your friends. Yeah. And I remember going back and visiting the girl that I was, uh, that had that big crush on before I had left for mm-hmm. like the couple of years before I left home and going back and, and seeing her and the family. And that's just been a, an awkward experience because now I felt like I had so much more, I don't know, it was different. It's different when, you know, you see those people that you had done so like experienced life with so much of my life is with these particular people and then coming back and seeing things in a different light. It's not as if those feelings had just vanished. It was just, you see people differently and being the kind of probably a little bit up myself at the time, a little bit pretentious, which is odd because in Tauranga, I was the bottom of the social heap, (laughs) so to speak, but then going back home Mm. and kind of trying to act like I was at the top. Mm. Uh, probably not an un- not an unusual experience for people who go away to to university and other towns, but yeah, it was just really strange. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I I do remember when you'd come back sometimes. I know we weren't friends when when you were living at home, but when you left, I don't know. It was like the space that we needed. We weren't, you know, getting under each other's skin all the time. And I probably could take your comics and read them without you being there and knowing. And I could put them back and you were none the wiser. <laughs> but I remember being excited when you were coming home to find out all your your news. And that first, it must have been the first year. I don't really remember you coming back much. But I remember because it was such a long journey. You must have driven up and you'd arrive at like midnight and I'd stay up and wait for you to, to get back and we'd mm. have big long chats and because I did remember we started texting at that time especially in that yeah. first semester because mm, I well I got my first phone when I was 15 so that would probably be about right for you when you left you would have been 17 yeah um, so yeah our sort of relationship changed then but then it must have dropped off again at some point um, I think probably after I started dating I, I would imagine because I remember we talked about that leading up to it. Yeah. But after that, probably not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Was Which that is, in your first year? Must have been. That was, yeah, first year. So I started dating this person. Uh, I think it must have been in mid-second semester. So kind of before the end of the so first still year. still quite early on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just before the long break, actually, I remember now. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a very interesting story that we will need mm. to focus more on. To but you used to, uh, you used to come home with um, the friends that you'd made too. You'd bring them up north. Did I? Uh, and yes, because <laughs> this specific person became my my first boyfriend. Um, again, it was my first oh, experience. Yes. Oh, um, yes. And you yeah. and Well, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this in much more detail in, in the next yeah. episode. Set me up. You set me up. <laughs> How did I forget that? Yeah, how? Um, and, oh, it was and a that, long road. We did a road trip, didn't we? Yes, but that that wasn't the only person you brought home with you to sort of meet us. And I don't know if that's when we'd go. It must have been the summer holidays or something, and we'd go camping. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a bit later on, but yeah, yeah, that's my memory yeah. of it. I guess probably. This is probably the best time to probably draw this particular episode to a close because I feel like I've been 
chatting, prattling on, doing a monologue <laughs> for long enough. Um, but uh, I mean, there are more things to share, which will perhaps pop up in, in the coming episodes. But I mean, the next one, I'd, well, I guess we'll focus more on, on your side of the story and your experiences, mm-hmm. which many I, I don't, I've heard parts of, but not in consecutive order. So that'd be really interesting to di- mm-hmm. dive into that. But I guess we'll finish off for now and then we'll come back and um, revisit Briar's first year away from home. And um, thanks for sticking it out with us. And I hope you haven't got bored of my my voice. I mean, if you've got bored of my voice, you wouldn't have made it this long anyway. (laughs) But yeah, thanks. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of This Is Our Story. Thank you. Catch you soon.